What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. And today, what we're going to talk about is the difference between bodybuilding hypertrophy and sport hypertrophy. A lot of you guys have been really scared to actually do any sort of strength training because you think if you put on a muscle mass, then you're going to get slow and you're not going to be able to play soccer effectively. But we're here to tell you this. There's a difference between bodybuilding hypertrophy and sport hypertrophy. And we're going to dive through the two in this podcast today. So we hope you learn a lot and let's get to the show. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pregame meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get to that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history imagine the the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things this is why strength training is important i don't care how you do your strength training i don't you know some people like to go to the gym i just wanted to double down on that really quick the point is you have to get stronger what's up soccer players welcome to the latest episode of the soccer fitness experience it's me your co-host andy with my main man berg berg how you doing today bro I'm good, man. I'm good. Took, um, you know, two days off from work. So it's, it's like five days in total, if you count the weekend. So I'm going to try to get some beauty sleep, you know, trying to work on some project, play some soccer outside, because we're about to hit phase three now in Massachusetts. You can hit, you can do a little pickup game as long as it's not too crazy. Ooh. So I'm excited for that, bro. How about you, man? How you doing? Nice, man. I, bro, I've been playing so much, actually. So um, in Jersey, I was playing yesterday with this group up in Nutley. My touch was nice, man. My mm-hmm. touch was nice. You've been working on your touch throughout been the Been working on my touch, you know. Yeah. yeah Wait, yeah, so yeah. you how, how many of you guys are running? Um, let's see. I think it was it was probably about either 7v7 or 8v8. Oh, dude. that's Oh, man. You've been playing, bro. Yeah, yeah. You've been playing. playing. And um, it was like one of those really good groups where, like, you know, they pass the ball, uh, <laughs> which is, <what? laughs> which is you, you have to, you can't <laughs> wait. So, so, so you're not scared anymore, right? <laughs> that, that fear. No, I mean, listen, like Phil Murphy, our governor, he says you can do outdoor sports as long as it's, um, I think the only sport you can't participate in is football because, you know, you're, you're literally tackling and breathing on each other. But he said anything other than football, you're good to go. That that shows you a, a governor that doesn't understand the sport of soccer because <laughs> well, there is well, mad contact. Actually, though, I was reading this this one study, and you know how like right when Rona came out, like these studies from like China were popping out like so quickly. You're like, dang, how did they get that yeah. already? You know, um, apparently there have been studies done in the Premier League for both training and matches where they take the players' GPS data from both teams so 22 players in total yeah and they analyze how often are is one player within six feet of another player and don't quote me on the exact um time in terms of minutes but i think it was like 90 seconds in total when you take out like set pieces and penalties that yeah you're within six feet of another player so i mean i, I was really surprised to hear that 
Wait, my well, I I feel like it's weird that they're trying to get stat on that. <laughs> it's like out of all the things you can analyze, you analyze how often you spin next to another player. <laughs> it's this like is true. What? What are you analyzing? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, bro, life is good. You know, month. What is it? Month three, four vacation. I don't know. It's July now. I'm chilling, but uh, yeah, exactly. getting closer to opportunities. So that's good. That's true. That's true. 2020 is almost over anyway. We're already halfway there. That's Can you believe point. this? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. But today we're talking about hypertrophy, right? We're talking about the difference between bodybuilding and sport hypertrophy. Uh, why do you think that like players should should really take note of this and really analyze the difference between the two? Well, primarily the reason, primarily the the main reason is just people think hypertrophy, bodybuilding type of workout, and then workout working out in the gym for sport is the same thing. They they are not even that that method of bodybuilding where you put on muscle mass. It's not, it's, it's the same for team sport, but it's also, it's not the same. They're, the people should know the difference. So they're not scared because they don't have the information. Because if you don't work on hypertrophy throughout your preseason um, program, um, throughout your preseason, you know, you, you, you're missing out because, you know, there's a, there's a lot of benefit you can get going into your season you know building up a little muscle can help you can help your joint help your tendon help your muscle help you with basically injury prevention and you know getting you at least stronger for for your sport but hypertrophy putting on muscle mass is a little different for sport than it is for hypertrophy i just think people should know this and they can educate themselves about it and it is very important too, right? Because when most people think of bodybuilding, you know, that's when you like, you go on Instagram and you're seeing yeah. like a, like a fitness Huge. model and, you know, Huge. they got the big shoulders, the big arms, the six pack, you know, nice and shiny. And then versus sport hypertrophy, it's a little bit different. And I think the difference really lies in the goals and how they're, they're really separate, right? For bodybuilding, your goal is to look good. Yeah, right? symmetry. It's, it's all about that. That's the sport. And you want to you wanna look good. You want to be big. You don't necessarily have to be strong. You don't have to be fast. You don't have to be powerful. And that's what sport hypertrophy is looking to, to put inside of your body, not directly, but indirectly through gaining muscle. You can concern any better, man. So let, let me go into, you know, let's just dive into the ingredient of sport hypertrophy. And the first thing um, you all need to take into account when you're doing sport hypertrophy is, uh, and by high, sport hypertrophy, it's basically a method of, if you didn't know what hypertrophy means, it's basically a method of strength training where you focus on a lot of repetition and you're, you're, the weight that you're losing, the load is between in somewhere between uh, the, the, the 60s to 75% of your, uh, your maximum weight that you can lift for that particular lift, however. So when you're working on sport hypertrophy, the first thing you have to think about is, is the prime movers for the sport. For soccer, what are the prime? What are the muscles used mostly for soccer? You use your quad, your hamstring, your calf, use your core a lot. Use your lat your, and your, your your shoulders a lot. So 
So those are the ones that you got to focus on getting a little bigger throughout the preseason before you, you, know, you start going, before you go back into the season. You got to get those things to beef up a little bit because they're going to help you throughout the season. As opposed to bodybuilding, bodybuilding will target every muscle, tricep, biceps, forearm. They target forearm, you know, the, yeah, yeah, forearm, neck. It's like you know, glute, quads, like every tiny muscle that you know that exists in the body. Like they target all those muscles specifically. But you, you don't have that kind of time, man, because you're trying to get strong for your sports. You can't. You know, if you want to look good, hey, after you target all your prime movers you can do some sort of bodybuilding if you want bigger traps you can work on your upper traps afterwards but you know don't mess around at the gym you only have so much time so for sport hypertrophy you got to target target the, the prime movers for your sport yeah and it's like it's like you see some i see it a lot with like young people at the gym you know like 16 17 years old they're doing like wrist curls to try to get their forearm up but it's like, man, if you really got that much time in the day, like one, were you doing your proper rest periods for your, your more compound movements? Two, like if you want to be a soccer, better soccer player, then go use that time to do some skill work. Okay. You know, like you literally do anything else besides those silly little wrist curls to try to improve the size of your forearm. There's so much more you can do. I'm saying, true. Don't forget, guys, you, you target your quad, your hamstring, your calf your core, your shoulders, your lats, and then that's it. You don't need to go into the forearms and all the other tiny muscle that makes you look really, really great. I've done a lot of people that just go to the gym and just do heavy crunches just to get the six-pack abs. But is that really functional to your sports? To some degree, yeah, but it's not the all and the all. And the next thing we got to worry about is um, for sport hypertrophy is no isolation of muscle group like for bodybuilding when you when you think about bodybuilding you think about the guy sitting down on a on a curling machine and curling his bicep he goes on the on the leg press and just press away right you you're not gonna do that you know it's um, you, when you play your sport you don't sit down and just pass the ball you don't sit down and just shoot no you 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 in movement it's it's dynamic it's it's chaotic so your training's gonna be the same in the gym so in sitting if you want to work, get your quad and your glutes stronger, you got to do some squats, do some lunges. You know, see, you, you, you're targeting the main movers and you're targeting the core at the same time. It's like, it's, it's a lot of muscle group that you're targeting in, in one exercise instead of one, instead of one muscle group for one exercise in bodybuilding. I don't know if I made it know if i made this simple to understand yeah Um, no i I think that makes sense um i will say i think at least for me personally um i i do take a few exceptions to this rule um for specifically for soccer players i do do a little bit of isolation stuff for muscle groups that tend to be injured more um yeah yeah and that's because you know you you do those so you don't get injured, so you can stay on the field. Hence, it's a good use of your time. So um, the hamstring and the groin, um, I do, do a little bit of isolation work with that because those are the two muscle groups that are most likely to be injured. Um, and I think this can translate over to like other sports too a little bit, right? So let's yeah. say you're, you're, um, you're a pitcher, right? 
you're going to do a little bit of isolation for your, for your rotator cuff, right? Because that's what's going to keep you healthy and that's what's going to keep you on the mound. So I think when it comes down to, to no isolation of muscle, it comes down to, in general, isolation work isn't very efficient. It's not an efficient use of your time. Um, unless for, for whatever reason, that one muscle is very necessary for you to perform on the field. Yeah, that's this. This I was alluding to in general sport hypertrophy. Yeah, you're gonna do some isolation work if certain muscle is just too weak and you can't really do certain exercise because of the weakness of that particular muscle. But in general, for sport hypertrophy, um, I would say you want to stay away from machine work um, and and just do compound movement in general, compound and dynamic movement. So you're saying no curls. Um, you can do the curls after you do, oh, no, guys, listen, we, we, we only just, it's just general recommendation, but you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to listen to us at all. Like you can take it for a grain of salt and continue to do what you're doing. But if you want to get result efficiently in, you know, efficient manner and you know, time, you know, time efficient manner, you focus on, you know, the, the bread and butter first and then afterwards then you can do your other things yeah okay okay what else we got here so new drive so usually when bodybuilding since some of the famous bodybuilding method for building muscle mass involve a lot of time under tension with the weight right you're doing like you said so you're doing a squat you're doing a squat really slow slow on the way down slow on the way up just to focused on just you know break killing those muscles as much as possible so you can build stronger muscle tissue and bigger muscle tissue right well you can't afford to do that as a as a you know as a soccer player because you're going to be especially if your hypertrophy phase in your periodization period is more than like six weeks like you can't afford to do your movement slow because your body's going to adapt and it's going to be somewhat slow as well. So if you do any, your squat, lunges, your deadlift, that concentric portion, the part where you come in, you, you go down and then the part where you come in up, that part got to be fast. It has to be fast. And when you do it fast, you are working on your nervous system. You're working, you're telling your muscle, to recruit, you're telling your body to recruit more muscle so you can generate more force, right? Intra and enter muscle recruitment. You want to do those exercises fast. You don't want to do them slow. So you train slow as an athlete, you get slow. It's the same thing with lifting weight. The part where you coming up with the weight, that one's got to be fast. Yep. And I think another reason that that's very important, right, is because, I mean, we, a few weeks ago, we talked about um, how eccentric training can make you stronger. But at the same time, too much slow movement in the gym is going to increase the amount of soreness that you have. That is true. And, you know, soreness is okay up to a point. And that point is the next day or two, can you even get out in the field? Can you even go to the gym? Right. If you're mm -hmm. unable to do that because you are too sore, then you probably overdid it. And if overdoing it is because your concentric portion was too long, then like you didn't even gain anything from it. 
right? So I really like the whole neural drive thing because boom, it trains you to be explosive and everybody wants to train explosively. Like that's what yeah. most people want to do. So, you know, train like that, you'll increase the amount of, of neural drive you have going from that brain to the body, that brain body connection, and you'll be able to get faster and stronger. Yeah. And the other thing uh, for sport hypertrophy is because you're not focusing on every single, you're not isolating every single muscle of your body, right? You, you know, there's, you're not, you're spending less time at the gym because you're not working on every single individual muscle because you're not working on multiple muscle group, multiple muscle. I mean, what am I saying? Because you're not working on each muscle individually, that leaves you sometimes that leaves you less time at the gym and you want to do what you want to do. You want to do more sets throughout your workout, more sets instead of like three sets of, you know, 10 to 12 for an exercise and you can do four to five sets because you have more time to work on those because it's less muscle to work on compared to bodybuilding where they, they could be in the gym for like four hours yep. working, working on their body. You don't have that kind of time because you have all the training to attend to. So, Yeah. And when you're doing more sets, this is a great time for you to incorporate the concept of a warm up set because warming up in the gym and on the pitch is a little bit different. And if you're doing five or so sets in the gym, like you can say, Hey, I'm going to really get my body ready for set number five, because we want set number five to be as high quality as possible. So I'm going to do a warm up for set number one, get my body ready, get to know how I'm feeling for the day and slowly increase my weight. And that's going to allow you to learn how your body develops and how, you know, to respond to what you're feeling that day. That's true. And lastly, uh, for any sort of hypertrophy work, the, the goal is to build a little bit more muscle mass. And as a result, because of the concentric contraction that occurs um, as you, you know, do this type of um, lift, your, your muscle kind of shortens a little bit. And because it shortens a little bit, you know, that changes your, you know, your sprint mechanics and all that stuff. You know, it, it, it gets in the way of you um, being explosive because you're working, you're trying to be you're working in less range of motion as, as you were before. So that's why you got to do adequate, adequate stretching after your workout just to maintain that muscle flexibility so that not only that you get bigger muscle, but, you know, be able to, stretch and lengthen at the same time yep and i I think that's also like for example if you look at a a bodybuilder and you look at their elbow most of them won't be able to get their elbow completely straight because their biceps are so strong and so short that it doesn't let that elbow fully extend does that happen to that extend to other joints in the body no that's probably the biggest example but you know, every degree counts. You know, if you look yeah, at, some degree, for example, yeah. someone like Zlatan, you know, he's muscular, he's built, but he's got his range of motion. And he's able to do <laughs> like, With all this flying dragon kick that he'd be doing, you, he, you yeah. have to be pliable. man. He, he's got that. So both are important. Don't be so strong and, and so tight that you can't move around. Yeah. 
And that's about all we had for you guys, really. You know, for the, don't remember, build bodybuilding hypertrophy and sport hypertrophy is it's a little different from each other, right? So, you know, first you're targeting your prime movers, your quad, hamstring, calf, core, lats, and shoulders instead of every single little muscle in your body. You're focusing on those prime movers. You're not focusing on symmetry. Yep, and we're working on neural drive, very important, making sure we're getting that fast twitch response. Don't be afraid to do more sets and be sure to keep on your stretching regimen to make sure you're staying mobile on the pitch. All right. Again, if you have any questions, just you know, reach me at the Soccer Obsessed. Andy, where can they reach you? At the Football Physios. And please give us, you know, a nice, honest five-star review. Five-star, please. please. <laughs> we, we need it. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. Uh, peace.